0: Good morning, good afternoon or good evening and welcome to CW, your trip through extreme championship wrestling hardcore TV all the way from episode 1 to 401 with all of the specials in between. Um, I am Jay, I am your party host for this session um, and you and I, beautiful listener, we're going to be talking about ECW TV uh, from April the 16th, 1996, episode 156. And we are going to talk about Hostile City Showdown, or at least the first half of it. Um, As you can see, I am flying solo today. Um, Paul and Griff are in training. Um, They have been tapped up to be Raven's 77th team to bring an end to uh, Tommy Dreamer. Um, so good luck, guys, and I hope that it works out well for you and come back soon. Let's start with ECW TV from April 16th, 1996. Um, a lot of this is going to be uh, follow-up from uh, the Massacre on Queen's Boulevard. In fact, it's introduced as the post-show of Massacre on Queen's Boulevard, and you can hear all about that in our last week's podcast. Um, we have an interview with Franchise in uh, Madison Square Garden saying that uh, they said he'd never be back. Uh, he'd never be back in in Madison Square Garden, but here he is in in their backyard. Um, I think then what they meant was as a wrestler rather than just kind of in the the buffet that he seems to be sitting in being interviewed but you know i've it's closer to matter square garden than i've been so i can't say anything um he calls out every wrestler under the sun none of which actually work in the company he does um talks about um uh, how he is making ecw and the ecw arena the new mecca of professional wrestling um, which to a degree, I think he actually does, you know, the, the pilgrimages to the, the bingo hall still, still happen, still known as ECW arena, however many decades after it's gone out of business. So, you know, good job. Um, uh, and that's pretty much his, his promo about how he's back in Madison square garden and ready to go. And he's the best wrestler in the world and blah, 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 blah. Um, the only other thing of note in this was, um, the Eliminators talking to the gangsters. Uh, he explain, uh Saturn explains that uh, the gangsters want their belts. Well, they want their throats. That's pretty much it. Um, and everything else on uh, the April 16th show, 1996, we have covered in depth in uh, our uh, uh massacre on queen's boulevard review last week so go give it a listen uh, rate review and su- subscribe and uh, you will hear all about it and we are now into hostile city showdown 1996 um, flashed up as presented in the most complete format which is always a scary sentence when you come to these things because you know that uh, you know even the ones that they don't say that on are, are fairly dodgy quality so um uh, we're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. We're in for a really good time with it. Um, uh, and we will see how that works. Um, we then begin with the gangsters doing a promo, uh, calling out the eliminators. The eliminators run out and have their usual fight. Uh, it goes around and around. They do the loop of the the um, uh, the uh, arena. Um, So, you know, you fight into the crowd. You fight all the way around to the lower stage. Someone usually jumps off the eagle's nest onto the lower stage. You throw them onto the tables by the lower stage. You then fight round again and back into the ring. Um, You might hear me say that once or twice in this episode. Uh, And then the locking room empties out to separate these two teams from getting to each other. Heels and face alike put their feuds and their issues aside to come out and separate these two teams to make sure that they don't hurt each other for reasons. Uh, yeah. For reasons. Um, you know, we talked last week about feeling it, this bit was already overdone. The, the, the locker room running out to, to separate the, the people fighting who, you know, the, the, then are then fighting themselves. Uh, I have a feeling it will come up a lot as we talk about this. But we're into our first scheduled match, and we have the debuting Supernova versus El Puerto Ricano. Um, Supernova is is mocked by Joey Styles uh, for liking comics. He's a goof because he likes comics and dresses as a superhero. Really interesting, again, you know, this is 1996. Um, 2019, with things like Avengers Endgame being the biggest movie in history now uh really interesting how that comic culture has been absorbed by the mainstream the geek is no longer something uh to be ashamed of in the same way it was here and poor supernova who was one of the very first if not the very first very first i remember definitely to to have that kind of comic book feel and influence in his outfits um uh really kind of gets mocked quite drastically here uh for doing so uh some interesting moves between the two a little bit back and forth it's very much a um step by a, pay, a, a kind of a paint by numbers match you can see their their positioning you can see them getting themselves into the right position for each other far too much it's far too choreographed and tele- tele- telegraphed um compared to some of the other matches you see they're going through a routine. It feels like they've practiced this match and they know where they're meant to be next rather than that kind of call it in the end. But, you know, you've got two rookies here. You've got two people who are... um, uh, not experienced at this point within the ring, so I guess that makes sense. It doesn't matter, though, because out come the Eliminators again, and they beat them down, and then the Gangsters come out again, and they have a fight, and they do the loop, and they have the roundabouts, and they've beaten each other up, and out comes the Locker Room to to separate them. Now, this is the Locker Room that would have been back with them when the Eliminators ran out, and then the Gangsters ran out after them. So if you really wanted to separate them, why not separate them when you saw one of them go for the door? Why not, when you saw the Eliminators go and run out, why not keep the gangsters in the room rather than wait till they've got all the way back out so you can all run out and separate and and, um, try and separate them and and keep them apart from each other? I really don't know. But there we go. Um, J.T. Smith um, comes in and, uh, you know, he's thinking out loud. He's talking about... Being the Peacemaker and, you know, why can't we all get along and blah, blah, blah. Um, And Devon continues to where he was and just destroys him, absolutely destroys him. Um, Poor J.T. Smith's entire job is just to take horrible-looking chair shots from Devon Dudley. Um, And that leaves us into the the next match, which is Dudley's versus the Pitbulls. Bubba Ray has the mic. He is... um, Fascinated with Francine. We have our own Beauty and the Beast story occurring. Uh, you can decide which way around. Um, and Bubba Ray has been sexually aroused by um, uh, by, by Francine um, in her outfit. Um, he calls her um, a very rude word. Um, the Pitbulls run and try to stop him and beat him up. And in doing so, Bubba and Devon start uh, brawling with the pitbulls. As with the standard ECW tag team matches, this spills out into the crowd, hitting each other with chairs and weapons brought by the audience as they stand, they come out of the ring and go into the crowd and then loop round to the lower stage where they all climb up. One of them walks up and jumps off, the eagles nest and hits them this time it's uh one of the pitbulls hits uh jumps off the 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 eagles nest and hits um devon uh who's on all fours on the lower stage with a chair on the on the head so he's jumped off the eagles nest and done a chair shot from the eagles nest um this obviously doesn't matter devon straight back up and off we go again uh across the the tables that are stacked up back down to the floor round and back into the ring um so that um they can fight some more um it's it's they needed in my opinion a better agent in this one they really were doing um really kind of the same old same old with it it's 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 a very tried and tested formula um it's not really doing anything for them um You you know, over and over again in this one, you will see them do the same loop of into the crowd, round to the lower stage, someone on the lower stage, climbs up to the eagle's nest, jumps on the lower stage, throws them off the lower stage, back round the crowd and into the... the, It's... They needed an agent. They needed someone who said, well, that's, that's, you know, a really interesting spot, but the last six matches have already done that, so you might want to do something different. Um, It finishes with... um, Divon uh, wiping out the referee, which I'm assuming is a DQ. We don't, don't get a decision. There's no bell. It's just the referee gets blotted with a chair and falls down. Um, Divon then is stalking Francine around the ring um, as the pit bulls super bomb the referee for reasons. Um, not a bad match, But it's your paint-by-numbers tag-team brawl in ECW at the moment. We see it a thousand times. We see it half a dozen times on this show alone. It's just the same old meh that you get through all of it. And I think that's my problem with it. None of them feel um, special. None of them feel unique. None of them feel as if... They have any real story to them um, and it's just you know people no selling weapons and chairs and big jumps and 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 um and then come up with with you know bullshit finishes like the referee gets knocked out, and that's the dq um, however, something I did like and was positive about was team taz uh coming to the ring. I love Team Taz. I love that Taz comes out swathed with these people in the orange shirts. Um, he looks like a badass. He looks like uh, what what we would come to know as an MMA fighter in his team. Um, it's got a, an amazing big-time feel, um, and I'm very much a fan of Team Taz. Um, Taz has an open contract after destroying everyone. Uh, And it'll be interesting to see who comes out. And who answers the call, fresh from WCW, is Dangerous Devon Storm. Another debut here on Hostile City Showdown. Uh, Dangerous Devon Storm comes out. Um, Joey Styles jumps straight in, explaining how uh, Devon Storm has been duplicating Sabu's style. Um... And and how he uh, does a lot of the similar moves as Sabu. Um, Fonzie uh, then manages to get some cheap heat with uh, a Philadelphia Flyers uh, jersey. Um, he talks about how they lost to his team. He talks about how they've ripped off Taz with the orange. Um, wipes his ass with it. Does the usual stuff. Uh, I love Fonzie. Um, And, you know, in in one of the promos later in one of the TVs, he explains that, you know, I I am not allowed to call him Fonzie. You, beautiful listener, are not allowed to call him uh, Fonzie. Only Taz can call him Fonzie. He's Bill Alfonso. He should be respected. And Taz gets to call him Fonzie. Um, But Fonzie is great. Uh, Taz... Begins by destroying Devon Storm with a chair. Uh, lots of um, storm selling. Uh, lots of references to Sabu and the similarities in style between Devon Storm and Sabu. Um, uh, storm tries to set up the, the chairs and do things like the triple moon salt and the the, the um, face busters and the, the the flying around of the chairs to very little effect. Um, and then the end comes um, badly, to be honest. Uh, so the table's set up outside. Taz picks him up and suplexes him from the ring to the outside, aiming for the table. Misses by a mile. Uh, Devon Storm's legs catch the table. His head concertinas up and smashes th- into the concrete on the floor. Um, it's a really nasty looking bit. Um, You know, there is no... If he, at the end of that, said he can't see straight, you would believe him because, you know, he just absolutely smashed himself. So much so you almost expect him to be, you know, think he's Italian the week after. Um, This is then stopped. It's not quite clear as to whether this is a count-out, bearing in mind no-one else has counted out, or a ref stoppage bear in mind, no one else is given a ref stoppage um it's obviously called because it's a real and nasty horrible bump um but it stopped uh this obviously isn't the ending that was had in mind, so Taz runs out and puts him in the the catahajame the Taz mission and chokes him out because dumping him on his head on the concrete from the ring to the floor wasn't enough, apparently. Um, it's, it's an interesting, uh, match. Um, you know, you, you really see what they're doing. Taz grabs the mic afterwards and destroys him as a Sabu wannabe. Um, but at least he showed up, unlike the King. Um, yeah, an interesting match, um, I was listening to the um, podcast of uh, Bruce Pritchard uh, a little while ago. He did an episode on Taz. And they talked about Taz having to change his style in WWE and uh, with the suplexes and become a bit safer with them. And if you can't do them without dropping people on their head, then you can't do them. And it was very much Taz's style... But looking at some of these suplexes, they do look legitimately scary as fuck. I mean, the suplex that he gave Devin Storm here, um, you know, he, he basically ju- just tossed him over his shoulder um, and Devin Storm didn't get the elevation he was expecting and didn't get anywhere near the table. Um, and it was a really nasty bump. Um, but for the character of Taz and what he's doing, absolutely brilliant and... Um, yeah, kills him. Absolutely kills him. Um, and continues to call out and build towards the Cebu match that we all want. Um, we're still about a year away, kids, just so we know. Uh, next up, uh, we have the FBI coming out, the full-blooded Italians coming out. Um, and Guido is here. Guido, Guido, obviously Damien Stone, a short while ago until he realised his family roots with JT Smith. Uh, and the fact that they were they were cousins, so he is now uh, little Guido, and he is against Axel Rotten, who's still being billed as Newcastle from hailing from Newcastle, England, and that bothers me because he's he's got such a an obviously not a Newcastle accent. He's obviously not from Newcastle. I don't understand. I mean, I know I, I get the punk links, but I don't understand why you'd bill him from Newcastle if he's not going to make any attempt to to sound anything other than. American you might as well be from Edinburgh or something he's you know somewhere else that is going to have a notable accent that he doesn't have um anyway so Axel fights uh so the the story on this is Axel's fighting and Guido's wrestling uh Guido does look um quite the shooter quite the 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 uh, the ups and downs and quite the uh hooks and the holds um he uh manages to uh work it through And the end comes when Axel uh, hits him with a pie to the face and uh, picks up the win. Um, If it doesn't sound like I've gone into a lot with that match, it's because it's not worth going into a lot, to be honest. It's uh, fine, but um, that's, yeah, uh, just what it is, to be honest. Um, And then we're up to... uh, Sandman and Too Cold Scorpio against the Bruce Brothers. Uh, Sandman comes down with Missy. Um, They spill beer everywhere. Um, Too Cold then comes out separately. Uh, Dances with Sandman, dances with Missy. Uh, Missy is in the middle of Sandman and Too Cold. Uh, Joey Styles makes uh, some comments about it being the Uh, First time that she's been between two men on pay-per-view, but maybe not the first time it's been recorded, Um, which is uh, interesting. Um, Out come the Bruise Brothers, and again, it's your stereotypical tag team in ECW match. They fight out the ring, they throw each other over the barriers, they pick up weapons along the way, they work their way round from the side of the ring, round through the crowd to the lower stage where they fight up to the lower stage. Whilst fighting on the lower stage, someone goes up to the eagle's nest and jumps off to hit someone on the lower stage before throwing them off onto the table, pile of tables that is there by the side, falling onto the floor of the arena where they then pick them up and fight their way back into over the barricade into the ring and then continue. <sighs> Um, one of the Bruise Brothers, I don't know which one, it doesn't matter, um, takes a belt and starts whipping Sandman with the belt. Sandman's down on the floor and the Bruise Brother is... The Bruise Brother. Um, Bruise Brother 1 is just, uh, going to town, whipping him with this belt. Um, Missy gets up. Now, I know that... By the end, maybe the Sandman and Woman partnership wasn't as strong as it had been at the beginning. I know that it kind of run its course and it was time to do something different. But p- points like this, I really miss Woman because at this point, Woman would have done something interesting or worthwhile. Um, Woman had a fascination, a fetish of enjoying watching Sandman beat people with the cane. We saw it with Mikey Whipwreck. We saw it with Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer! Um, You know, it it was part of her thing. She liked watching Sandman beat people up with the cane. And it was a real interesting kink to her character. And explained one of the reasons why they were together. And so powerful together. Um, Missy Hyatt gets up onto the ring apron and is getting very excited by watching the bruise brother, bruise brother one, um, whip Sandman with this belt. Um, and keeps telling her, keeps telling the, the bruise brother to hit harder. Um, now, as, as managers go... As valets go, as support goes, as as anything that's meant to be on the side of the Sandman goes. It's pretty fucking awful advice, I think. Um, and and this whole you know the, the Missy uh, that Missy somehow becomes aroused by watching the Sandman get beaten up is a bit weird. I understand the Missy likes beating up. Sandman, you know we've seen the the, the, the claws and the, the the scratch marks and things like that. That kind of dom relationship with him, I would understand, but your 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 talent, your the person you're managing, your 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 meal ticket in some ways, uh, your whoever this is, um, to want him to get beaten by a belt uh, doesn't quite make sense to me. However, it does make sense to Sandman because he gets up, he rallies, he manages to beat off the bruised brother, uh, and because Missy is on the apron, uh, all hot and bothered, he uh, opens a beer, pours it all over her chest, and uh, drinks it off her boobs. So he's obviously uh, keen on on her doing this for some reason. Um, yeah, match finishes. Um it's fine, again, it's the old tag team fighting off from round, blah, 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 shenanigans E style thing, uh, it's nothing overly fantastic, I will admit, um, I don't understand Missy and Sandman, uh, Missy and Scorpio have no real interaction apart from that little bit at the beginning, there's no real heat, there's no real anything with them, um, I miss woman. I miss, you know, and, and it's funny because as I've said a number of times, I wasn't a huge fan of hers. Um, from what I'd seen of her previously in, in her WCW stuff. Um, but she was brilliant in ECW. She was brilliant with the Sandman. She was brilliant with the feuds with Tommy Cairo and Peaches and um, Tommy Dreamer and Mikey Whipwreck. Um, and missy has not done anything at all to uh replace her for me um in that so it's 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 sad but uh, that's how it works for me i think um and that will be uh the end of uh the episode next week i will be coming to you again on my lonesome so please out of sympathy if nothing else rate, review, subscribe, um, uh, to bring you the rest of Hostile City Showdown, um, including uh, some uh, absolute just Jerry Springer-style soap opera shenanigans that I cannot wait to talk to you about, beautiful listener. Um, And uh, I will also uh, give you a little bit of a, a background on... Uh, episodes 157 158 and 159 so uh thank you very much for listening thank you for for uh bearing with me uh, as i talk to you and rant and rave at you about uh, the beginnings of hostile city showdown um hit us up on social media get involved in the conversation um we are at underscore sports Arena on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, some really good interactions on Instagram and Twitter, so get involved in the conversation. Have a chat with us tell us what 's good tell us what what's not. Doesn't have to just be about ECW. We talk about mod stuff. We watch mod stuff. Uh, Whether we enjoy it or not is interesting. So if you've got an opinion on AEW, if you've got an interesting on the Fiend and Bray Wyatt and whether Bray should have fought at TLC or the Fiend or whatever else, um, please do get involved and and have a chat with us. Um, Some interesting stuff going on in the world of wrestling, and we would love to talk about it. If you have felt Uh, incredibly sorry for me and want to send me a voice note to include in next week's show then uh, please do so using Anchor um, and uh, I will uh, include your uh, Christmas wishes into next week's show Uh, thank you very much for listening Um, my beautiful listener thank you very much for spending some time with me Um, there is no uh, spoken word because we don't have Griff so I will just say um until next week bye